Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can always find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. I'm Paul. I'm one of your hosts. And with me via the Zoom studio, because as I always say, that's how podcasts are done. And that's how podcasts became even bigger than they were, is Mr. Simon Later. Simon, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, Paul. Oh, it's my pleasure. Like, you were... It's funny, whenever I put out there that I want to, like, have somebody on the show or, you know, it, Facebook's really the way to do it nowadays. There are services you can do, but Facebook's always the most interesting. You were super, like, on the on point, ready to, like, talk to me, and I love that. The enthusiasm was really infectious just via Facebook Messenger. Well, I'm nothing if not enthusiastic. <laughs> you know what? Enthusiasm's, like, it's something that... Some people get off put by. I love enthusiasm. Like you are, because for those of you guys who don't know, Simon's podcaster. And if we don't have enthusiasm about what we do, why the hell would we be doing it? Yeah, exactly. And any opportunity I've got to talk about podcasting, I'll grab it with both hands. I do believe you said you had three things that you nerded out about in our pre-show. You want to tell our, our listeners what those three things are? Okay, so single malt whiskey, movies, and podcasting. <laughs> See, again, another way that I knew that this... I, I don't usually do pre-interviews. I, I started doing them a little bit more often just to get a feel. But as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good show. I'm psyched. He's one of my guys. It, it, this, is a, this is a guy. I like this guy. I mean, just movies alone. Like, I could talk anybody's ear off about movies, contemporary, new movies, old movies, whatever. But just the fact that that's one of your top three nerd things, you're already like, we're, we, could, we could just be best friends. It's fine. Sounds good to me. So, Simon, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast called The Conference Room? Okay, thank you. So The Conference Room is a podcast that started in December of 2020. Everyone had something they wanted to do during COVID. Some people lost weight. Some people watched entire seasons of Netflix. Some people took a origami. I started a podcast. And uh, the podcast has done actually really well over the course of the last little over two years. We've grown into the top 0.5% of all podcasts globally. We are about to, in fact, yesterday we recorded our 100th episode. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And we, we've we actually also managed to monetize the podcast in its second year. It's, it, it earned six figures for our one of our other businesses, which was amazing. And yeah, it's just continuing to do some really, really awesome stuff. So yeah, we're really very, very proud of it. That's incredible. You know, when COVID started, it's like you said, a lot of people tried to find ways to, to spend their time. I was an essential worker, so I got to work, which sucked. But, you know, not so bad. You know, make your money. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. So we had a podcast from years ago that we we kind of took a little hiatus off. My friends and I actually moved into a house together, and we thought we'd record more. Turns out we didn't want to hang out nearly as much when we were living together. So mm. the show took a backseat, and then when we tried to get back into it, we hit so many technical problems that we just kind of gave up again. So we then ended up moving forward and creating this show that we're currently on, which has been I mentioned before during our pre-show that we've kind of took off in certain ways. But for two years to, to monetize a podcast and to be making that kind of money, that's incredible. 
Thank you. Yeah, we're very proud of it. It's 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 exceeded our expectations by some distance. But I think a lot of it is because we learned, or I had learned an awful lot prior to that we really put into practice. And I would go as far as to say that the success that we had was by design. And I don't mean that in a kind of woo-woo, asked I asked the universe type way. Actually, we we researched and then structured a path to success. Mm -hmm. And it became just a rinse and repeat formula that we now offer to clients of our podcast agency, Viva Podcasts, that we set up in the summer of last year. So yeah, basically we're taking what we know is proven and successful, and we now can apply that to really any podcast. So do you find that it's easier for an established podcast to kind of fall into your structure? Or do you prefer working with somebody who's like, I want to start a podcast. I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to get it going. What kind of formula should I put into effect? That's a great question. The truth is it's nothing to do with the podcast. It's all to do with the podcaster. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because there are some people who are resistant to change. And even though what they're doing is wrong, they are reluctant to let go. And those people are very, very hard to help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, oh yeah, okay, brand new podcasters, you're working with a clean slate. So it's very, it, it's easier to say, right, okay, these things you need to do, off you go. Where there are other people who, irrespective of their res- of their resistance level, may still have to unlearn or undo or even retrofit the things that we need them to do in order for for their podcast to be successful. So it's always easier to start with a blank slate, but where people have an established podcast, and established in their mind can be, I have 22 listeners that tune in every single week. Yeah, but they're never going to buy from you because they're your uncles, aunties, cousins, and next door neighbors. They're tuning in because it's you, not because it's your podcast, right? So sometimes even that they will still be resistant to the change that they'll need to make in order for, in order for their podcast to be successful. So it's less about the podcast. It's much more about the podcaster. So most podcasters, they bring a certain level of passion and enthusiasm, or usually this is my opinion and you're here to listen to it kind of mentality. Hmm. Do you find that podcasters, when they want to use your services, are they ever like, I need to change how I do things to fit you, or you need to change what you do to fit us? That's a, oh, wow, fantastic. Okay, so the truth of the matter is we never ask anyone to change how they are podcasting, Mm -hmm. okay? When you talk about passion and you talk about energy, and we talked earlier about enthusiasm, that is the fuel, that's the, the kerosene that gets a podcast going, okay? And we would never, ever, ever want to curb or or change that, okay? What sometimes we need to do is to shape it. Sometimes we need to direct it, but we never want to change it. And if somebody comes along and says, right, I want to be the next Rush Limbaugh, right? I'm super opinionated. I'm super right. I believe I'm always right. And this is what I want to be. I would never tell them, no, you shouldn't do that, okay? What I would tell them is, great, what we need to do is to find the right audience and the right format that's going to work with that, okay? And that is by far the better way to do it. Well, here's the thing. It's a little bit like <clears throat> if, let's say, a friend of yours is going to get married in two weeks' time mm-hmm. and you take him to 
a gentleman's costumiers, a place to buy clothes. All right. And he goes in and he goes, I want to wear, I want that suit. Now, unfortunately, your friend has had a bit too many cakes, needs to lose a few pounds. All right. And he ain't going to fit in that suit. What's the easy thing to do? Tell him, starve yourself, go on a treadmill for 24 hours for the next two weeks, and maybe you'll fit into that suit. Or let's see if we can get a slightly bigger size or get that suit altered around your body. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what we do. We take someone's concept, we take what somebody wants to put out to the world, and we then shape the format and f- help them find the audience that that's going to work for. That's incredible. And a good analogy because I'm a, I'm a guy who likes cake. So you know, I, I kind of related to that on a personal level. Now, for you guys, though, there's a huge saturation of podcasts. Like sa- mm. podcasts, when we first started doing podcasts, nobody knew what it was. I had to actually explain it to people. I found that if I just said it's internet radio, people understood it, especially the, the older generation, as it were. Now I'm watching TV shows and they, they talk about podcasts. In, in the new Ghostbusters movie, there was a character named Podcast. Like, that was his name. I don't even remember what his actual character name was. That was what they called him. So do you find it challenging in this day and age where everybody and their grandma has a podcast to find those right markets? Well, okay. So here are a few. Let me let me throw a couple of statistics at you. All right. Okay? Right now, live on Spotify. And for the most part, Spotify, iTunes, there are a few exclusives on Spotify exclusives on iTunes, a few exclusives on iHeartRadio and on Amazon. But for the most part, the numbers on Spotify are pretty pretty accurate as to whatever the norm is, okay? Right, right now, live on Spotify, there are approximately 5 million podcasts. Jeez. Approximately, okay? Plus minus, okay? Now, when we say live podcasts, that means that there is an established pattern that is, uh, of updates, new new episodes, that is still being maintained and has been for the last, I think they track it for the last like month or so. Okay. So if someone's putting out podcasts monthly, they did one in the last month. If someone's putting them out weekly, they did four in the last month. Okay. Mm-hmm. If someone's doing them daily, they did 30 in the last month and so on. Right. There are, however, if you search on Spotify, the total number of podcasts that are on Spotify, living or dead, is closer to 100 million. Jeez. Okay. Now, what that should tell you is that 95% of podcasts fail. Mm -hmm. Only 5% of podcasts succeed. Okay? Now, to your point of does that make it more difficult, it makes it more difficult for podcasts to be heard above the noise. It makes it harder for podcasters to find their audience using what I would call old or suddenly pre-COVID methods, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, back in the day, before people knew what COVID was and people used to actually get up, get dressed, and go to an office, back in those days, if people wanted to put out a podcast, then they would record a podcast. They would put some keywords onto their description. They'd put it on iTunes. They'd put it on Spotify. And then it would find its own audience, Mm -hmm. okay? However, that doesn't really work anymore, okay? Which leads us to the single biggest problem that I get asked about, which is, Simon, I created a podcast, 
I put it on iTunes, I put it on Spotify, you know, I, I used a you know Podbean or whatever, whatever aggregator to put on all the on all the platforms. And I put out a an announcement on on Facebook, on my, my Facebook profile. I even created a Facebook page for my podcast and I put an announcement on there as well. And crickets. I had 18 people listen to my first episode, 19 people listen to my second episode. I got a guest in who brought in a big following, had 54 people to listen to my third episode. But by the time I got to episode five and six, I was back down to 18 people. Mm -hmm. What am I doing wrong? Okay. I thought I'd put it out there and I'd be Joe Rogan with millions of listeners. Why didn't that happen? All right. And the answer is because if you haven't got a strategy to retain your existing audience, and to gain new followers, which, by the way, is two completely different strategies, okay? If you don't have those two strategies in place, all you're ever going to do is hover around those same 15, 20 people, 100 people, 200 people, however many people first tuned in, because they are your friends, they are your family, they don't care about what you're podcasting, they just care about you, okay? And they want to follow you, they want to be nice to you. Okay. At the end of the day, Paul, I would guarantee that if you did a podcast about watching paint dry and you literally painted a wall and commentated on the paint drying, your mum and dad would listen. Or at least they'd click on it because Paul's doing a podcast. We want to support him. Okay. <laughs> your best friends would listen. I'd probably listen. All right. Because we're now best friends. All right. But if you then decided to sell a course in making paint drying more interesting, less likely to buy it, all right? You're not going to make any money off of it, okay? And that's not going to scale, okay? The mistake that people make is that they think that the people that follow them because, because, because of a, re a pre-existing relationship they have are going to be their loyal ambassadors for their podcast, and it simply isn't true, right? Okay? You need to be attracting people to your podcast independent of any relationship they may or preferably don't have with you hmm. and that's a mistake a lot of people make yeah you, all right every second you were talking just now i literally thought back to starting our podcast and it oh my god the it just completely resonated with me because i was like holy shit that that's kind of how our first podcast went where it was very like hey we you know and then a little little pop little little pop and then same consistent. You know, I'm very grateful that I look at our shows now and we we don't have like this gigantic following, but we have a great following. We have a great amount of people that interact with us and a great amount of people that join the podcast, that join the community. We average, you know, some of our episodes will get hundreds of downloads, then sometimes we're, you know, down in the, the teens for some episodes. It's just the way that sometimes it happens. And it it's podcasting like anything else is such a ever flowing and ever changing dynamic. And what's popular right now as I'm recording may not be tomorrow. And unfortunately, yeah. I put out an episode and it's like, well, you're late news. And I'm like, no, well, there's that. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think what's interesting is that there are some aspects of podcasting that are going to be very of the moment. Mm. And there are others that will be evergreen. And it really depends on what you are, what you're talking about. But here's what's interesting very often things that are of the moment will become of the moment at some time in the future. All right. You, you just don't know. So 
a lot of the things that we were talking about two years ago, you know, people transitioning to working from home, mm-hmm. talking about COVID and the new way of working, the new way of living, you know, people having to learn how to give their kids haircuts or, you know, all these things that were kind of going on three years ago that we didn't, you know, just, or, if you think just around now, three years ago, we were just starting to re- to adjust into this whole new way of living, okay? A lot of the podcasts that were recorded live and commentating on that are probably less relevant now and hopefully won't be relevant again in our lifetime. Mm. But you never know. There may be aspects of those conversations that may be relevant again. And it may be that a podcast that you recorded in March, April of 2020, for whatever reason, may become relevant in September of 2024 for, for things that we've got no idea why. Hopefully not another global pandemic and oh, we'll stuck indoors. Right? I think we've all had quite enough of that. For this mm-hmm. lifetime, thank you very much. But you just don't know. But things that are evergreen, there are certain things, certainly for our podcast, the conversation that talks about business growth, there are certain things that we're gonna that we talk well, pretty much everything we talk about is is not bound by any particular time or environment. So sales, marketing, email marketing, even things like SEO where the algorithm might change or certain Facebook group sales or whatever Mm -hmm. selling in the DMs, that kind of where the algorithm might change. The principles remain the same, you know? And before you and I started recording this, we were chatting about Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's going to be a great movie whenever someone watches it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And however good or bad the movie that's going to come out this summer is going to be, it's not going to change how great the first one was how pretty good the second was and how rock star awesome the third one was and how dire the fourth one was. So, you know, certain things are not bound by any time or or environment. So mm-hmm. they will that you know they will so they'll still be be evergreen. Yeah, so like an example, on one of our shows the Multiverse Fancast, we talk comic book, superhero movies, TV, that stuff, very very niche. And we did an episode on all the Netflix shows, Daredevil, Punisher, all those things, and we did great numbers on it out of nowhere. But then when they reannounced that Daredevil was coming back and then when Daredevil was guesting on on the She-Hulk show, that single episode from maybe a year or two prior suddenly started getting higher downloads just because it right. was relevant to the time. So I totally get what yeah. you're saying, and it's it's wild. It's just like any other entertainment media, and now podcasting is an entertainment media. It is so nuance and it is so full of layers and you know video audio it used to be just an audio thing like literally you'd get together with like a friend or even by yourself record for 30 40 minutes and then put it on the internet and somebody might see it now yeah. now with facebook and and now with zoom especially zoom is the one thing from covid that i'm still glad it happened because the amount of interviews that i've been able to do with people all over the world because of zoom it's wild to think that you know there was a point where i was trying to figure out how to work skype Oh, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, God. Wow. Those were the days. Now, let's take example. I want to hire you to help me grow my podcast, help me monetize, because that's what a lot of podcasters do. They want to monetize. They want to make money off this thing. Now, don't get me wrong. We've made money off of our podcast, and would I love to do this full-time and quit my terrible job? Absolutely. But A, I don't think my, my wife could stand having me in the house so much. 
But also B, it's it's monetization is one of the biggest things that podcasters do, and it's not really my focus. I love what I do, and I and I love that I'm not doing this to make money. But if I do, cool. So if I were to tell you, Simon, I want to hire you, I want to make this a monetization type thing, what would be the first step in that in your process? Okay, so luckily right now, so just bringing myself back into focus. Luckily right now, for for you and for the for the people listening, I'm not here to pitch. Hi, me as a as a as a, as a consultant because we're all maxed out on private clients. But if we if hypothetically, if we were taking on new clients. It would go for a relatively simple process where we would start off with a discovery, a discovery call, then an onboarding call, and they would map out your particular journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what we would start off with is really just understanding what your objectives are. Okay, and then figuring out with you what the most appropriate monetization strategy is. Now, the thing is, and here's the thing that a lot of people may be surprised at: there are in our world four monetization strategies and advertising and and sponsorships are not any of those four really we, we do not recommend advertising or sponsorships okay and the reason for that is actually very simple it's the most amount of work and the least profitable strategy mm-hmm. okay you get the least amount of bang for your buck or buck for your bang shall we say all right. So we, so Viva Podcasts, I mean, if people want to go ahead and get sponsorships, that's up to them. If you want to go ahead and try and make money from advertising, we're not going to stop them, but that's not what we recommend. Okay. We have four different, four different strategies that we we recommend. Okay. And at least one will be appropriate for pretty much any type of podcast. Hmm. Some two, three, maybe four. We haven't come across a f- one with four yet, but if you have three, quite a lot have two, everyone has one, at least one, okay? And what we do is we map out with with you what that strategy, strategy is going to be. However, the most important thing before we even start figuring out or building a monetization strategy is building or figuring out your audience growth strategy, mm-hmm. okay? Because irrespective of which monetization strategy is going to work, and we do tend to consider this also at the beginning as well, is figuring out and making sure that you will grow your audience. Okay, And like I said before, audience growth, anyone, okay, you'll have lots and lots of people that come and say, oh, I've got the best audience growth strategy, the best audience growth strategy, right? The problem is, it's all nonsense, Mm -hmm. okay? Because there's no such thing as an audience growth strategy. There isn't one strategy that's going to achieve it. Like I said before, it's actually two things. And let me explain for a second why. Okay. Imagine, imagine you decide you're going to be an amazing husband and you want to run your wife a bath. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go upstairs. I'm assuming your bath's upstairs. Yep. You go upstairs. Honey, I'm going to run you a bath. You turn the, you turn the faucet on. Water comes flowing out. Great. I'm running a bath. You come back half an hour later, and there's no water in the bath because you forgot to put the stopper in. Mm -hmm. All right? Growing your audience is exactly the same, okay? Unless you figured out how you're going to retain your listeners, unless you figured out how you're going to retain your audience, 
How are you going to keep people who tuned in this week to tune in again next week and the week after and so on? If you focus on attracting new audience members, all that's going to happen is they're going to leave the show just as quickly as they came. Mm-hmm. All right. Akin to the water coming into the bath and flowing right down the drain. Okay. And there are two very different methodologies. One focusing on audience retention and another focusing on audience growth. And we prioritize audience retention. Mm -hmm. Okay. Audience growth is important. Okay. And there are strategies that we, and I can share a few here with you now about that we can talk about as far as audience growth is concerned, but Unless you have a very clearly defined audience retention strategy, then it doesn't matter how hard you work at bringing in new listeners, they will leave as soon as they've come. Yeah, there's like a lot to think about. Holy crap. And like, just kind of blew my mind a little. Give me, give me like a half a second to just kind of compose myself because it, it's funny, like, people don't think about their audience that way per se. Like I, I know my loyal listeners. I have plenty of people that will listen every week. Ironically enough, my mom only listens to one of the podcasts because you said you mentioned that none of my family wants to hear me talk about anything anymore. They're so tired of hearing me talk. So like I remember once I, we went to, we went on a family trip this last year and my sister-in-law saw me wearing a pod, one of my podcast shirts. And it, you know, it's for this show, MF Uncensored, it says. And she's like, wow, I really love your shirt. Where'd you get it? I was like, my freaking website. You have a website? Yes, I have. I have podcast. Get out of my house. Just get out. <laughs> but I would love to hear a little bit more about those strategies that you mentioned. That would be so great, not only for me, but I know we have other podcasts that listen to us. You know, We have some really good friends that are always trying to build their own show. So I would love to hear some of those strategies. Whatever you're willing to share. I totally get corporate secrets. Don't worry. Oh, no, no. I'm here. Like I said to you (laughs) right at the outset. Open book. I'm I'm transparent. I'm an open book. I'm I'm here to share. Okay. So let's start off with audience retention. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, something that we talk about a lot in Viva Podcasts, which is this up here, our, our podcast agency and coaching company. We talk a lot about, we talk a lot about the audience covenant. Okay. Now. The audience covenant is the pillar upon which an audience retention strategy is built. Okay. Let me explain what an audience covenant is. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about movies, but what's your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show is Supernatural. Okay, fine. One of my kids, one of my kids watches it. Okay. So I don't know much about it, but we'll see how we go. This might, this might work. It might not. All right. All right. Hit me. Okay. So I would imagine that when you first heard about supernatural maybe a friend told you about it maybe you read about it in you know online maybe you saw a a a commercial for it but somehow some it entered your consciousness as as an entity Mm -hmm. okay and you thought huh that looks like it might be quite interesting because it's about well it's called supernatural it's about kind of demons and you know all this kind of like weird weird and wonderful stuff so okay i'll tune in and i'll watch it all right what hollywood netflix the makers of the show i'm not sure i don't know who makes it the makers of the show understood in their marketing was we need to market the show and communicate exactly what that show is going to contain and then we need to give paul and everyone like paul exactly what we've said we are going to promise we need to deliver on our promise okay Mm -hmm. and 
not only do we need to deliver on our promise in episode in the pilot episode, we need to continuously deliver against that promise every episode, every subsequent episode. Okay. Now, but what is it that you like about Supernatural? Why is that? Why is that the show that sprung to mind when I asked you what your favorite show was? What do you like about it? Well, a, I am a big fan of the supernatural in general. I love good ghost stories. I love you know monsters and demons and all that stuff. Right. The, all the lore behind it, and of course, the main characters are badasses, and I can relate because I myself am a badass. Okay, cool. So you've said two things. You've mm-hmm. said you like the subject matter and you like the 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 main uh, characters. the characters, the main characters that are in there. Okay, you like their characteristics, their personalities. You can identify with them now. What would happen if, let's say, somewhere deep in season two, it became a rom-com? They decided to experiment because they realized, well, actually, yeah, we're getting all the Pauls of this world, but we're not really getting the Pauls mums of this world or the Pauls sister-in-laws of this of this world. So let's make it more friendly to them. So let's kind of tone down some of the demons and let's up the kind of hallmark rom-com elements, okay? I think you'd probably start to get a bit turned off by it. Probably. Okay? And then maybe they decide, you know what, actually we're going to experiment and we'll have some musical theatre. So we'll, every show, right in the middle, we'll have a, a cheesy number and, and uh, someone from The Greatest Show will come in, The Greatest Showman will come in <laughs> and start doing a big song and dance, okay? You'd be reaching for the remote, right? Oh, yeah. Right. The Audience Covenant is a very clear understanding of exactly what your audience wants, okay? But okay, no. It starts off by understanding who your audience is, okay? What they want and how you can satisfy what they want. And what they want, by the way, is always some kind of transformation. I'll come back to that in a minute because that's Mm -hmm. super important, okay? Who your audience is, what they want, and how you can satisfy it, both on and off the podcast. Okay, who they are, what you want, what they want, and how you can satisfy it. Okay, the audience covenant then takes that one step further and basically says or implies, give us. Let's take the example of of, of supernatural. Is what forty minutes a show? Yeah, 40, 40, 42 minutes, whatever it is. Okay, they basically say, give us forty two minutes of your time, and in return, we will give you. A, a gripping show about demons, monsters, ghosts, spooky stuff with some badass characters that you can identify with. Okay? They are making that covenant. You give us 40 to 42 minutes of your time. In return, we will give you this. Now, the moment they start to break that covenant, mm-hmm. they give you hallmark romantic comedy. They give you, you know, some weepy or you know, or, or they turn it into a bad episode of the A-Team, or they turn it into, you know, Glee, right? They've broken the covenant. Mm-hmm. And once they break that covenant, you ain't coming back. Okay? That is the, is the platform, the foundation of audience retention. Mm. I know it sounds blindingly obvious, but for so many people, it isn't. And the reason why so many people struggle to retain an audience actually is not so much about the audience covenant. It's about the audience. Right. They haven't defined and understood who their audience is. Supernatural understands exactly who their audience is. Their audience is Paul. Okay. But it ain't Paul's mum. 
Does your mum watch Supernatural? No, but my wife does. So okay, but your mum doesn't. No. Nope. Would your mum watch Supernatural? Not once. How mu- how diluted would that show need to be to attract your mum? Oh my god! So no blood, no violence, no nothing, no, none of the fun stuff. And at that point, would you stay watching it? Probably not. Right. Which leads us on to the other point. Okay. The reason why Supernatural is successful is because they've really identified a very specific niche mm-hmm. of person that they want to go after. Okay, too many podcasters go after far too broad an audience. And that's a major problem when it comes to audience retention. The breadth of their audience is rather than helping them, is actually killing them. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me give you an example. So funny, actually yesterday I was talking to I was talking to a client, and they have a bit of a problem because they are trying to grow their audience and they they have a their podcast is is social lifestyle type content Mm -hmm. okay specifically gay specifically aimed at and here's who their audience is women okay now sounds all right right bring out social things the lifestyle things to women yeah right sounds good okay here's where i've got a major problem with that okay and the reason this is Ultimately, I'm convinced, I know, I'm absolutely certain this is why her podcast is failing to gain any traction whatsoever. She's getting consistently, I mean, eight, ten episodes in, she's getting single to low double-digit listeners. Mm -hmm. But she's aiming at women. There are four billion of them on the planet. Why are only 11 tuning into her podcast? I'll tell you why, okay? Just off the top of my head. I'm going to, I'm going to give you five. I'm going to describe five women to you. All right. Okay. Number one, a single mom who is on food stamps. Okay. Okay. Number two, a high powered New York lawyer who's married to a surgeon who lives in a penthouse apartment in a very, very fancy neighborhood. Number three, a soccer mom with four kids whose husband is unemployed. But she's a career woman, but her husband's unemployed. Number four, a woman uh, who is on a pretty good income. Husband's on a pretty good income. They're trying, but so far have been unsuccessful having kids because of infertility challenges. Number five, uh, a career woman who has no aspirations whatsoever to get married because she wants to focus on a career right now, but may decide... So, uh, so she's dating and having fun, but in terms of settling down and, and a marriage, not on the agenda. Kids, not on the agenda. Number six, a retiree who is looking forward to like snowboarding in the winter and cruising in the summer and spending a hardened, uh, hardened retirement with her husband. Number seven, a woman who is widowed and has grandchildren and is worried about how to make ends meet so she can keep looking after and giving you know, birthday gifts and whatever to her grandchildren. Okay? Okay? They're all women. Okay? Right. Now, if you did a podcast about how to do couponing to help your, you know, to, to help make ends meet, okay? Two or three of those listeners, great, that's for me. The rest, not interested. Mm-hmm. Turning off. 
if you did a one about parenting and bringing a parenting expert to talk about how to bring up well-balanced kids. Okay, well, the woman that's got infertility isn't going to be interested. Mm. The single woman who hasn't got kids isn't going to be interested. The, the retiree and the widow probably wouldn't be interested either. All right. The problem is when you, when you spread yourself too wide, okay, it's not that you have a massive, massive target that you're aiming at. What you've actually got is a series of little targets, okay? So rather than throwing one dart and it's hitting the target every time, the chances are you might hit that little target over there, but you're missing that one, that one, that one, and that one. Right. All right? And that's the problem, okay? If Supernatural decided we want to appeal to Paul's mum and to Paul, what kind of show are they possibly going to create that's going to attract both of you? A, a terrible show. Right, okay? At best, it's going to be a camel. Mm-hmm. And you know what a camel is? A camel is a horse that was designed by committee, all right? <laughs> it's, you know? It's going to be a butt-ugly show. And a lot of the shows that I listen to, okay, when I'm trying to help my clients, aside from... Some of them are horrendous, like presentation issues and all sorts of other things. They don't have to ask questions or speak or whatever. But aside from all that, okay, which we can coach people through and get people can learn how to get better at. Mm-hmm. And I assure you, yesterday we recorded the hundredth episode of the podcast of, of my podcast, the conference room. Episode one was awful. Oh god, yeah, you get, it's something you get better at, and you, you know, you of all people, I, I think, would recognize that, right? Oh yeah. Thing is, the one thing that needs to be identified and and honed in to a forensic pinpointed degree is the audience right because if you don't then rather than having and i what you think is a nice big target eight billion people in the world four billion of the women why aren't they all tuning in because two-thirds of your episodes are are not of the desire, are not interesting, are irrelevant mm-hmm. to all of your audience. So they're never going to come back. I mean, just thinking about style alone, like fashion is one of the biggest, broadest things in the whole world, but it's so subjective. You take 10 women of various ages and, and lifestyles and incomes and this and that, your your style podcast may not relate to any of them or it may relate to one of them. So like, I, totally, I totally get that. That's why like, we do movies and we wanted to do... We wanted to do very, we wanted to do modern movies, you know, things as, as they were coming out. And then we found ourselves just struggling with it and not enjoying it. So we ended up switching the podcast around so that we rewatch movies or we interview people about movies or we get people to talk about their favorite movies. And we found that more people would tune in and more people were engaged with the show because it was about them. It wasn't just necessarily about, I went to go see John Wick 4 and this is what I think about John Wick 4. If you have a podcast that does that, great, and that works for you, cool. But we we found what worked for us on one of our podcasts, and we've been having a blast enjoying the ride of it so far. Right. And the really cool thing is that you, just by nature of what that podcast is, the fact that it's about movies is going to attract people that are interested in movies. I would even go, even fu- I would even go one stage further that when you talk about movies, you've probably even thought about, and the style, I, I haven't had the opportunity yet to listen to it i I guarantee you shortly after we finish talking i am going to go and find it and listen to it but i'll send you the raiders of the lost ark episode i gotcha i'm gonna love that but the 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 just by nature of 
and guessing who you are, your friends, and your interests is going to gravitate towards a particular genre or a few genres of movies. You may not be talking about Gone with the Wind. Mm -hmm. You may not be talking about, you know, The Tramp with Charlie Chaplin. You may not be talking about The King and I starring Yul Brynner, okay? But that's fine because maybe that's the, the people that you are attracting to your podcast don't really want to be talking about those either, mm -hmm. okay? So built in almost the DNA, maybe even by accident, is you having an understanding of who your audience is. Basically, it's people like me that like my kind of movies, okay? And your audience covenant is, guys, give me X amount of time and we'll give you an intelligent, fun, badass conversation about the kind of movies that you and I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly fine. And that's probably why it's getting traction. It's awesome. We've been really enjoying it. We were, we've been featured podcasts on Podbean, which is a lot of fun. And th this has given me a lot to think about, though, too. I love, I, again, I think I mentioned this off air with you. I love talking to podcasters. It, it's always, it's always interesting. It goes one way or the other. And this, Which way is this going? This is going really well, like to the point where I almost like don't want to wrap up. So I'm going to keep talking and it's my show. I can do whatever I want. You know, people will still <laughs> listen. All, all, all of our listeners will still stay on because we, like I said, we have a lot of podcasters that we've networked with, that we've interviewed with. You know, I'm sure my friend John from Hey Pal, What's New is going to be listening to this and he's going to ask me about talking to you. But shout out to John. Oh, shout out to John. So. But podcast, like the biggest thing that podcasters are always wondering about is how do I build my show? How do I make my show better? How do I monetize my show? And the fact that I got somebody here that that does it professionally and in just two years, which is wild. Like it's still mind boggling to me who's been doing this for seven years, give or take. To, to hear that is just so inspiring. And I love that sort of thing. And I love seeing podcasters succeed. You know, it's a very competitive world and it's a very competitive industry, but I love hearing podcasts i love seeing my friends do well like one of our one of our friends they just launched their website and their and their store is doing well so like that sort of thing it's just awesome and that's why i enjoy podcasting so much great what i love about it also is that it isn't a zero sum game mm -hmm. i really i really believe that okay because someone can listen to your podcast and hear me and think you know they, they listen to, they, someone who listened to your podcast say two weeks ago tunes in today listens to this and thinks English guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So he's mentioned this podcast, The Conference Room, with Simon Lader. Maybe I should go check it out on Spotify. And then they'll come to me. That doesn't mean they're leaving you, mm -hmm. all right? So it's not a zero-sum game. This is a classic one plus one equals three. And I really love that about it. I really do. It's like if I watch a TV show and an actor that I know guest stars on it, I might look at that other actor, some of their other work. I'm still going to watch the same TV show. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and uh, every yeah. so often you'll see that guy pop up and in another show yeah oh he's the guy from the thing you know so I, I have that with oh what's his name i can never remember his name john something has got a very long last name i love the west wing my favorite tv show of all time is the west oh, wing. oh i know who you're talking about the name's escaping me though and the guy who played um like the attorney like the the head of the white house yeah like the white yep. house council or something who popped up it he was in night court he's in He's in, he's in Boston Legal. Yeah, it was his favorite lawyer. But he popped up in an episode of Parks and Rec that I was watching the other day, oh. just randomly, as as like some old guy in Parks and Rec. And I'm like, this guy's awesome. You know, All over the John, place. John, I'm a man blanking on his last name. Yeah. But um, 
but yeah, an, an old guy, white hair. He was in he was in Boston Legal as as one of the senior partners, and yeah. So every now and then, it's like, yeah, that's my guy. You that know. that actually happened with us. We interviewed Larry Hankin. I don't know if you know. Oh wow, yep. Mr. Heckles. Yes, Mr. So it's funny you say that because I knew him as Carl from Billy Madison. That's how I knew oh, Larry wow. Hankin. So I told my wife, I was like, oh yeah, we we booked a, a one of our a bigger client. Like he he's gonna be on the show. His name's Larry Hankin. She's like. Mr. Heckles? I was like, who the hell is Mr. Heckles? This is when we first so when my wife and I first I started dating. I might have a cat. Yeah. <laughs> That's his name. I have a cat. I have a cat. I might have a cat. But when we first started dating, she was obsessed with friends. Like that was her favorite show. And her and I are very good at give and take. Like, I'll watch this, she'll watch this, we'll we'll go back and forth. And that luckily our tastes are very entwined. Like, I had already watched all of Supernatural. Fifteen seasons, mind you. My cool. wife wanted Oh yeah. My wife wanted to rewatch it. I was like, "Bet, let's do this," and we rewatched the entire show. But cool. so, Good for you. but so, so Mr. I remember also Larry Hankin from Breaking Bad. He was the guy that yep. owned the 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 crusher yard thing, right? The, the smashed when they needed to destroy the, the camper van. So I remember him for yes. yeah, I remember him from that. So we, when we were talking to him, I had my wife on the other end, and she was asking friends questions for me to ask him because awesome. I've never seen friends. But then. Obviously, I went back and I rewatched Friends with her, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's Larry! I have him in my phone as Mr. Heckles. I put him in my cell phone as as Mr. Heckles." But it was awesome because wow. now I have like that connection where I enjoy Friends a little bit more than I maybe would have because I knew I know Larry, you know the guy. Yeah, wow. And if you ever want to hear funny stories, Larry Hankin was filled with so many wild stories. He was one of our first interviews too, like one of our first, like maybe wow. a, a month in, and he. He would tell stories about Sandler, about how like weird he was. Like he basically how Adam Sandler acted in Billy Madison was how he was in real life at the time. So like Larry was like, oh my god, he was so annoying. Like he'd be going around going, like he's like Adam, I'm I'm an adult, which is awesome. But now we do unfortunately we are running a little short on time. Now I remember you mentioned, and you know I can't I I always remember swag. You have something for our audience. I heard. Yes. So anybody who wants it, we have an amazing PDF full of some great strategies to either set up your your podcast for success or to modify an existing podcast to really get it set up to grow and monetize some really good kind of tips and strategies that are in there. It's called the Podcast Power Up Hack. Nice bit of alliteration there. I'm I'm all about it. And it's available at vivapodcasts.com forward slash podcast power-ups beaverpodcasts.com forward slash podcast power-ups and hopefully paul you'll put the link somewhere in the show notes absolutely it's gonna go in the description i'm gonna make sure i tag you you're gonna you're gonna get all the props for it please don't worry we may even we are working on a featured content of the featured content creator of the month on our website i know you and i were talking about future projects that's our current under construction project so Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? There might be uh, some podcast power ups on that because that's awesome. And it's great for other podcasters, like I mentioned. Yeah. Fantastic. And if anyone wants to reach out, you can find me, Simon Lader, on Facebook. I think there's only one. And also, we're in the process of launching our Facebook group, Mm -hmm. which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash scale share monetize, which is what we want people to do with our podcasts. I like it. And I think you and I are going to be talking off air a little bit more. So sorry for all the listeners. You don't get that part. <laughs> Maybe that can be the DVD extras. Yeah, we'll put that on when we finally do Patreon. My wife goes, do you have a Patreon? I was like, oh, we do. But like, 
they're already getting all of me. I don't have more to give. <laughs> like I give the whole show. I give pictures. Like they, they don't need more. What do I need? A dollar more? A dollar a month for for more video, more pictures of me? Ugh. Exactly. But Simon, Great thank you stuff. so much for being on. This was fantastic, and I, I think our listeners are really going to take a lot of value out of this. Great stuff. It was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, Paul. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, and we'll see you soon, hopefully. Look forward to it. Hey guys, it's Paul and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast. Maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on set as a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that if you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction you guys can get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys that's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction wow like that was a wild interview i really definitely enjoyed it and i hope you guys did too simon was not only fantastic but he he really did a lot behind the scenes to get this to happen and we ended up talking for like another 10 15 minutes afterwards there's actually some exciting news coming from that you know i'm always a little wary whenever i talk to anybody from any sort of podcast marketing or programming but simon he just he was a good fit i i really clicked with him right away when we were doing our pre-interview as you guys heard and you know, one day we'll tell the story about our first podcast publicist, but we got to be very careful because, yeah, he's a vindictive kind of guy, but we will talk about it at some point. But I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope some of you guys check out Simon's stuff. If you guys are a podcaster and you're looking to monetize or create a product that, that produces a revenue stream with podcasting, he's the guy to talk to. Like to be in a six figure monetization podcast two years in, that's wild. That's unheard of. So make sure you guys check him out. And if you do, Tell him that you heard him here. Tell him that we sent you. Tell him that his favorite misfits are always there trying to share the joy and share the wealth. But for you guys, I want to thank you for joining us. Don't forget, if you guys are looking for more of our content, our website, themisfitfaction.com, is the place to go. You'll find all of our shows, news, reviews, articles, our store, all the things that you need to be a true Misfit fan. And also, we are on all the social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it is. Type in the Misfit Faction or MF Uncensored. Odds are you'll find some of our stuff. But this was a fantastic time. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time.